Every conversation I record for this podcast gets edited. I normally shoot the breeze with guests for a bit before really diving into their work. And even then, once the plunge has been made, we'll veer off onto back roads and tangents. Such detours are natural in the course of conversation for humans like myself, introverts pretending to be extroverts who notice every proverbial squirrel that passes in the periphery. We always talk about way more than I leave in. That's why I include a little bonus clip at the end of each episode. The unedited, recorded interviews that I conduct generally clock in anywhere between 45 and 90 minutes. But my conversation with Ike and Dolo went for two hours. If you haven't heard episode 15 yet, please give it a listen. It's titled The Brother on the Outside, and it includes the portion of our conversation where Ike and I talk openly and honestly about race in America through the lens of his powerful new song, Your Table. While race is a serious subject, I had a blast talking with Ike. So this first official song and story bonus episode features excerpts from the rest of our conversation. We talked about the creative process, live performance, fan feedback, and Ike's quasi-fetish with beautiful hands. Concerning that last category, names get dropped. We talked about the uniquely creative production decisions that Ike made on his brand new album, Shine. I cannot emphasize this enough. Ike Ndolo's new album is an experience, and he's about to tell us a lot more about what went into it. Yeah! Um, how do you say your last name? Hyder. Hyder, okay. That's what uh, I thought. But... Same question. It's Ndolo, right? Well, it's in. It's like Ndolo. Ndolo. So it's kind of like adding it. It's kind of like fighting adding an I in front of it, but like it's silent. So it's Ndolo. I've said it both ways. So, and I've heard a lot of people say it, but everybody says it differently. So, yep. Yep. I hear it always. And I answer to all of them, you know, honestly. (laughs) (laughs) Are you clipping your nails? I am. How did you know that? I can hear the clip. That's the song and story first. <laughs> they were like driving me crazy and I just I couldn't control any I just had to. I had to do it. I have a trash can by me, so it's <laughs> you know, sanitary. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I clipped mine on Saturday at the zoo because they were driving me crazy. Yeah. And my sister in law yeah. said, Are they just at that point where you just have to clip them immediately? And I said, Yeah. Yes. That it that happens. Like it's like I can't function anymore with these stupid things so i had uh-huh. to i just had to do it so it always happens before i'm about to go on stage i'm like crap my nails are too long so i always um i'll just rip them i'll just start biting which is gross i can't do that um, i cannot do that and I, I don't like doing it but i mean i'm literally like sometimes in panic mode because i'm like they're the longest they've ever been and i just need to like help myself a little bit and it's i don't like doing it i'm gonna be honest it's gross yeah do you clip them different lengths, like based on the hand? Because I've noticed the the hand that's on the strings, it's better to keep them shorter. But I kind of like having them about mid-length on the hand that I f- will finger pick with sometimes. I have an issue because I don't have a whole lot of pad. You know, like people have like a lot of... Sometimes I've seen people, they have like a lot of pad from like the end of their nail 
and then their finger has like a lot of like extra. I don't have that. So interesting. Um, I yeah. I like it's just like it's nail, and then like literally hardly any fingertip. So I mean that's why I'm always desperate to cut my nails because it's just like it gets too much because it's like I'm just hitting nail on fretboard. But yeah, my strumming hand, I let it go. But when I cut it, I cut it the same length. Okay. Because yeah, because it's I'm still going to use nail anyway because they're so freaking long, and I don't have any finger pads. Right. Which is weird. <laughs> you know, this is another song and story first. I've never said this to a guest before. I really want to look at your fingers right now. I'm I'm like a hand guy. Like I always like <laughs> notice people's hands. It's like a weird thing, but like I'm always like I look at someone's hands like, oh man, that person's got piano hands. Like they've got perfect musician hands. You know has great hands is Matt Marr. He's got like I sometimes I'll stare at his hands. <laughs> Like he was just, he just popped over last night cause he had a show in Phoenix and he just popped over to the house for a hot second and we're talking. I just do that. I like look at his hands like, man, that guy's got great hands. He's got great palm to finger ratio, you know, like you tell him that? just very, very, no, he'll know now probably, but, um, I don't really actually say these things out loud, which is funny because I don't know if you're like a wizard <laughs> that's got me to say these things I never say out loud, but you did it. Does he ever catch you kind of staring at his hands and he goes, um, hello, I'm up here. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, eyes up, buddy. Eyes up. No. Um, no, I do have a couple of friends, uh, who have, who have said that to me. He's like, Hey, you look at my hands again. I'm like, I'm sorry. I just, you've got great. And they're like, especially like they're not piano. They're not like musicians, but I'm like, I'm just, I always say like, you are really missing an opportunity. Your hands are perfect. You have to start playing an instrument like piano or something i just i don't know i'm just a because mine and it's also a little hand envy because i have a very awkward palm to finger ratio this is so interesting i don't just want to look at your fingers right now i want to look at your whole hand and examine it thoroughly i know i know i'm telling you i have an awkward palm to hand ratio which is not conducive for playing instruments so i've had to work really hard just to be decent <laughs> you know has big hands is uh who had big hands uh-oh was uh, oh gosh this is gonna drive me crazy uh hello duck walk um duck walk ah uh, grandfather of rock and roll come on uh um, chuck berry chuck berry chuck berry so i met chuck berry a couple times go on um it's very yes very random but he, my high school in Missouri, he, uh, I think he had like a, I don't know. I can't remember what the story was. He had a relative there. So he would like play a show in Columbia, but he always come to our high school. And my social studies teacher was like a huge fan. And like, they were like, kind of like friends randomly. And so he would come to this small auditorium. It was like invite only. And you got to hang out with Chuck Berry. And I'm like before, and this is before I even played music, but I was always like a history guy, you know, like. And like to have people who were like walking around history, like, you know, like historic figures still alive oh, was yeah. like a rush to me. So, you know, so Chuck Berry, you know, like this iconic dude, and he would like shake our hands and like do the duck walk, you know, in this small auditorium, like just funny stuff. But his hands were massive. They were huge hands, like crazy. Like long or fat or both? Because fat's hard. It's hard to play guitar. 
That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to play. Although I've seen some shredders who have like small chubby fingers. So I, I think, I mean, ultimately it's talent, but if you have those long fingers and like a smaller palm, mm, you should, you should hop on them insurance as soon as possible. Well, gosh, normally it takes a while, you know, for the conversations to get to a point to where I'm like, <laughs> well, how did we get here? But we just, we hit it right out of the gate. We hit it right out of the gate. I'm a weird dude, man. And I'm in Phoenix right now and it's a it's like a gray sky and unseasonably cool weather and I'm feeling strange. So how hot is it right now? Uh not super hot, honestly. Um, so like ninety five. Yesterday it was like ninety Yeah, well yesterday it was ninety five. Today, right now it is seventy three and cloudy, oh, which is a Christmas man. miracle. Yeah, that's that's not normal. That's funny. I'm in Dayton and it's supposed to get up into the mid eighties today. Oh wow. Which is yeah, which is unusual for October. So. That that is unusual for October. Yeah, the weather's all out of whack, you know, everywhere because we're all gonna die. But um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> yeah, it's I'm I'm not sad about it because usually it takes till at least mid to late October for us to get like a cool down. So this is this is nice. Oh, you're not sad about the weather? I thought you were saying you're not sad about that you were gonna die. Oh, no, I'm sad about that. I'm sad about all of us dying, but I'm not sad about this weather. So uh, climate change sucks, but hey, if it gets me a gray day where it actually feels like a like fall, we don't have seasons like everybody else. And this is a hard thing because I just moved back from Nashville. I was living in Nashville for five years. I just moved back last year, got married. Mazel tov. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. My wife lives here, and so I moved back here. But I lived here for 12 years before I moved to Nashville. So, okay. um, but being back in Nashville was great, you know, because like, I, you know, and growing up in Missouri, I just remember seasons. Here we have um, we have hot and then not so hot. That's their two seasons. Well, I went to uh, I went to college with Greg Iwinski, who I know you know. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was talking about how hot Phoenix is at one point. And he said, yes. he said, if if you don't get it, just turn your oven on to 120 degrees and climb inside. Yes, that's literally <laughs> it. That's it, man. And like, I don't want to. And do that's that. like, no, nobody wants to do that. But it is. It's just like you know, like this this big huge oven, and it does like 120 degrees is not an exaggeration. Like that is we've hit we hit that a couple times this past summer. Um, and my first summer, I mean, it was. I mean, it was bad, bad, bad. Like things were in my car were like melting off. Oh my god! And uh, you know, rearview mirrors, and it's it just, it's just not, it's not fun, man. Yeah. It's not fun. I'm gonna tell you straight up, it's not fun. Nine, but nine danke. Yeah, I don't know what that means. But... As German, it means no thank you. Oh no, thank you. Yeah. Got it. Took me, <laughs> took me a second. Well, whenever you're done, whenever you're done clipping your nails, we can carry on. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done clipping my nails. Now I'm just playing with the nail clipper. If you heard some clicking, but I'm done clipping my nails. Right, we'll put them done down. No nails. fidgeting. Okay. No fidgeting. Done. There. I'm gonna put them out of the, out of the, out of my range. Cause I'm a fidgeter sometimes. Like I get this nervous energy. You know, I just want to do stuff with my awkward hands. Well, dude, this album came out as of this recording, uh, like two weeks ago. Not even two weeks ago. Yeah. 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 How? What kind of response have you got? How's it been received? The response has been great, man. Um, it's been really good. Um, you know, it was um, it's nerve wracking making music, yeah. and this was um, <clears throat> the most nerve wracking 
for me um, just because of just how different it was. Yeah. yeah, So, um, but the response has been really great. The response has been really good and people have been, I've got some great comments and um, people are listening, which is nice. And this is my first record and like in the full on streaming age, you know, it's like a weird, it's a weird thing. I released a couple singles like a couple of years ago and, and it was kind of the same thing, but this was, you know, my first full length in the, in the streaming age, you know, everyone's making singles and pushing Spotify and not making records. And this was definitely, um, just, I mean, I made a, I mean, it was, I made a record, you know? Right. And, um, and it's, uh, it was nerve wracking, but the response has been really good. Um, just the fact that people are listening, um, and, um, the response has been really good, super positive. So I'm, I'm pumped, pumped about it. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I want to start playing it live as soon as possible. You know, um, my other records were, you know, pretty, it was simple, you know, it's just drums, guitar, right. bass, you know, more this normal is not, alternative. Right. Yeah. Normal alternative. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. This was, um, not that. So yeah, I've been wondering that for the last like two weeks, like, how's he going to do this? <laughs> yeah, we've, we've done it. We've done it already. Okay. Um, so we played a couple of festivals and, uh, it was, um, what's cool about this record is, I mean, I could literally go do this by myself. <laughs> I could yeah. go take a computer and like a keyboard and play this whole thing with tracks on my own. And it, you know, it's just that kind of sound. Right. Um, but, uh, I had my band, well, um, three of us, four of us total, and uh, we pulled it off. I have a um, great dude who plays for me. He's my MD, and he just kind of monstered it. And he, him and the him and the other guys got together several times and just went over it, and it sounded great. So I'm really excited to do more of that next year. Um, but uh, it's a challenge. So, what do you play primarily, other other than vocals? Crazy, nothing. Really? I mean, for what? Yeah, this. Yeah, this whole. Uh, how do you feel about that? Uh, I actually feel okay about it, honestly. Uh, I, I, um, you know, like if had it been, had it been a couple of years ago, I would have felt weirder. But I did this. Um, I did this side project called Ike and the Crooked Souls, which was just this like alternative soul project and um kind of like old school soul project and uh it was just like a four five song ep i think and um as we were rehearsing because we played a couple shows for it i was like i don't think i need to play guitar and that was a weird thing for me but i was like it's almost better for this type of music because i needed to like just be free and dance which i'm not a great dancer but it's just you know you're forgiven when you sing and like it's like music you can just kind of like move and you know it's like it can, it's all right. You know? So I, I did. So I was like, okay. It's like kind of like, it was like my first time ever doing that in front of people. And it was actually pretty freeing, pretty liberating, honestly. And, uh, so when I got to, when we started doing this stuff, it was like, yeah, I'm not playing anything, you know, and that's fine. And, uh, it was great. It was honestly, yeah, it wasn't super awkward. There were a couple parts. There's a lot of space in this record. And I think for the live show, I really want, to i want there to be the same kind of feeling that you get on the record as as in the live show that so we kind of keep some of those spacey moments on the show 
or just like long instrumentals where I have to dance. <laughs> did you practice this? No. Did you like kind of come up with a few moves that you could always go back to if you get lost? No. Dude, I would. Oh, that's not me at all. I like, I need to hold the guitar. Even when I'm playing with a full band and I'm not playing it, it's my, it's my security blanket. Sure. The same. It was the same for me. And then, and then I freed myself, man. I freed myself. And it was, it was actually really, really liberating. And I, and I look forward to it, you know, and it's like, you know, it's a trust thing too, like sure. letting the guys behind you um, do their thing. And for this, it's like making sure that the tracks don't fail. Cause you know, then the show sucks. <laughs> so, you know, um, but uh, it's actually really fun. Like, honestly, the, it's like there's like a there is like a liberation thing because I think there is like for musicians we're insecure in so many ways and our songwriting and how we look and all this stuff and because um, I feel you like the the guitar definitely was like I hid behind it um, and uh, but yeah it was nice this stuff is like in all senses this record has been kind of a freeing thing for me um, to be able to just let go you know um, dude it's it's bursting with creativity on every level thanks man and you should i think i tweeted that at you but you should be proud of it thank you thank you so much yeah that means uh that means a lot you know it's cool to hear that too from other musicians and like you i mean i like i know you know like it's nerve-wracking that's a scary thing to step out and just do music you know and this is my third record and um they have all kind of changed, you know, um, from the first one in what 2009 to this one, you know, this most recent one, um, you know, with three full lengths and a whole bunch of live, you know, things that I do. And I think people expect a certain thing. And this was, um, very unexpected. Yeah. I, you know, I think, um, to an extent people, they want and are interested, especially fans, you know, they're interested in, in seeing how an artist that they follow is going to evolve. Yes. Um, sometimes when changes are so drastic, you gain new fans that never would have listened to your old stuff, but you also, oh, absolutely. but you also lose if you were like, ah, this is, this is odd. Like I'm not, this is too much. what's he doing here? You know? <laughs> have you gotten any of that? I, I haven't gotten it directly, but I'm sure there, <laughs> you know, actually I'll say this, there was one, Comment. So we released we re, um, we released three singles um, before the record came out. You know, and you know, as an ind- independent artist, you just gotta do what you gotta do to like keep momentum and the whole thing. So we released um, singles, and so the first single came out, and I think a lot of people were anticipating it. Did the pledge music thing, so there's a lot of people like, oh yeah, what's going? On? And uh, the first one was Guiding Light, super you know poppy, fun you know synthy song, you know, and. Uh, Everyone was like really loving it. Got a lot of positive responses. But on YouTube, this one person, I can't remember the comment, but to the effect of um, very new sound, not sure if I like it. Hopefully the rest of the record won't be like this. Something like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I was like, nice. I actually really love the negative. Like I I don't, I honestly don't mind it. Like I I want to hear what people think, but I don't think that, I think people don't, are never honest with me in particular, as far as like, like I'm sure there are people out there who's like, man, this is weird. Like I don't get it and it's different. And you know, uh, where's the song that we can do for our youth group? And uh, you know, there, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there, but they just, they're not in my DMs, you know, like they're not in my, in my mentions, you know, like 
it's all been it's all been really positive but i'm sure they're out there you know like i i'm, I'm actually positive they are. yeah well you know? you know i think even in that the one tweet that i tweeted to you somebody commented under it almost immediately you know like this is i wasn't sure how i felt about it at first but it's it just keeps oh, yeah, it yeah, just yeah. keeps growing on me and that's that's the good stuff yes that's that is the good i and i love hearing that and i i really you know like it's risky stuff too you know i i was it was it, it was really cool he said that because in the studio i was you know when we were um you know the guy that helped produce this with me his name is chase weber and he's a um he's a producer in nashville really awesome super talented genius dude and so as we're like you know working through some of these things you know, we're sitting and having a conversation it's like you know what i want i would hope that this could be a slow burn for some people i t- told him the story like when i was younger i was super into acoustic e dave matthews music and um uh this dude david gray who i oh, think yeah. was on label at the time uh-huh. um he uh when it came out with his second record, and I'm gonna sound like an idiot for not remembering it, but um, was it White Lies? Um, or was it White Lies? No, or White Ladder? White Ladder? Is that it? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, had yeah. Babylon on it. I think. Yeah, no, 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 no. No, it was this. Okay, so it wasn't that one. It was. Um, gosh, this is gonna drive me crazy. Oh yeah, um, A New Day at Midnight. Okay. Yeah, that was. So this is a, this is his second. I think this might have been his sophomore record. It's like way back in like 2002, right? So it comes out. I'm like just super getting into the guitar, da da da. da. I'm like into the acoustic thing, blah blah. And I get his record and his new one, and I heard Babylon. I'm like, oh yeah, this is gonna be cool. And I check it out, and I'm instantly turned off. I'm like, oh, but that was not what I expected, you know. And I and I didn't listen to it. And then I circled back maybe several months later, and it became one of my favorite records. Yeah. Um, and it was like, it was not, um, this, you know, I wasn't what I expected. I expected this acoustic E thing, like just basically Dan Matthews. And it wasn't, it was a lot of like, you know, other sounds on there that I was like, well, oh, that's kind of cool. And same thing just happened too with Bonnie Vare's new record, 22 and a million. Um, I heard it and I was like, not impressed. And then it, I mean, I went back to it and I'm like, oh my gosh, this record's brilliant, you know? And so, um i love that you know like if there can be a record and you're like whoa that's weird and strange and you turn it off um but then maybe you circle back because you know i don't know you see an interview from a guy or you you know you just like oh, i remember I like this and you go back to that record and it you know starts to grow on you or you listen yeah. to it once you're like i'm not sure and you keep listening like whoa you know like and th- that's what i hope that's what i i mean i i hope that for that record it's not a very good business model you know like as far as like making uh making the big bucks in the music industry but i don't know i think i feel better about it um and i'm proud of it and i sleep better at night yeah 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 well you know and what's what's the all the alternative is someone might love it right mm-hmm. away and then after mm-hmm. two listens they're like yeah this kind of sucks <laughs> they don't listen right. to it anymore you know yeah yeah which is totally i mean i, I won't name those records cause, you know like i'm <laughs> I, I, I won't i won't i mean i, I like I, I mean artists are i respect your you know whatever but there's plenty of those records we know those records that like you're like this is great this is the best thing um and then you go back and it's like there's actually not a whole lot here right and you stop listening to it you know but it's those records that stick with you and stay with you. This dude Anderson Pack, um, who he, his second record Malibu, 
um, my uh, drummer at the time, Devante, he was like, hey, you gotta check out this guy, he's in fact. And I played, you know, I played the first song and I fell in love. And that was two years ago, three, almost two, three years ago. And I still, that record is still one of my favorite. Like I throw it on and it's like, you know, so that's the dream for someone to right. hear your record and be like, this is the best thing ever. And mm-hmm. it continues to stay the best thing ever. But I think music, you know, like I, I love the story and the journey, you know, of, of someone's art and, I love being able to hear that in a record. And I know it sounds like an old head, like I'm an old head and I am, I guess, but I, I want, I love records. Like I want, I want artists yeah. to make records. Like, you know, I get the whole thing. I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not like bagging on it, you know, like where we are now. Like I get that. And that's just kind of where we are in music. People are making singles and that's just the deal. But man, a good record. I mean, there's just nothing like it. You just put it on. And and that's, that's me. Like I can't, and like my pet peeve is like being in a car or whatever. And we're just like skipping through single songs, unless I'm feeling like a nostalgic mood and we're listening to some nineties jams. Then yeah, obviously I'm not going to listen to freaking, you know, the Goo Goo Dolls whole record, but like I'll (laughs) listen to one of their singles and then we'll move on to Matchbox 20. Then we'll move on to Tupac. We'll move on. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, like I want to, it's a middle school highlight reel. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But like, and I also, but also have friends who like never move on, you know, in music. Like they're all, like they're still listening to the same thing that they're listening to, like when we were kids or like when we were teenagers or what a certain part. And I always want, I'd never want that. I always want to keep listening, even like, you know, especially to artists that I like and listen to their new stuff, especially if they're evolving. Like I, I want my, I want my favorite people to evolve and change and grow and try new things and get better. You know, like I love that. I love seeing that, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah, man. Well, yeah. Well, dude, we're like thirty plus minutes in, and we have not even mentioned the song yet. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> but dude, that's I, I I agree with everything you said, and I think uh, yeah. I Derek Webb was on episode four. Nice. And nice. he and I talked about that because I, I we talked about a song from his album Control. I don't know if you ever heard that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one that you know it. Re- it requires you to listen to it from start to finish because it's, it's a story. Yes. It's a con- the whole, it's a concept record. Right. And I was telling him that's my preferred way to listen to it, to listen to albums in general. And he was very grateful, but he also said something that I, I think I agree with more and more. He said, we're a, a culture of essayists. Mm. And that's kind of like what I think you're talking about when you're talking about people just releasing singles left and right. Um, mm-hmm. you're just kind of releasing essays. It's it's the sonic mm-hmm. version of a blog, but an album, yes. a record, is the full book. It's every it's yeah, it's, a book. it's individual chapters in context, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, that's perfect because and we I literally had the same conversation because I was like, it's funny because we release singles from this record, but it was like it was like Stephen King releasing chapters of his book. Hey, my new chapters drop in, check it out. It's like, but it's not a complete thought on its own you know and um several of those songs i think my first single guiding light was probably the one that fit that bill the most as far as being an essay but to me it still fit in the context of the story for me yeah and it Um, and it changes like that song itself will change once they hear it in right context exactly in context the first time i heard of the lumineers ho hey you know i thought it was super catchy Mm -hmm. i could not stand the hoes and the haze 
they were they're in they're incessant and i was like this is so annoying why did they shouldn't have done that the whole time and then i listened to the full record and mm. you know once just hearing the style of the first few tracks that come before that song when it got to hohe i was like all right this makes sense now like i it makes sense I like it context, it's, it's who yeah. they are yeah 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 but. and that makes and, and absolutely and i think there's room for both you know for sure oh sure um and i and i think I think the the idea of the record is not gone. Like it's not like all doom and gloom. Nobody's making records anymore. There's some great freaking records. Like I said, the Anderson Pack record, Childish Gambino, the Bon Iver. It's just a few things that I'm like super jazzed about. Like, um, you know, there's plenty of artists, Kendrick, and you know, like they're making great records. It's the record, the idea of making an album, making a record is not gone. It's still it's still with us, you know. Right. But also at the same time, you know, like, like you said, like the essay thing, the single is still something that's never, you know, it's, it's only going to get bigger. It's never going to go away. And that's fine. That's all. That's also okay. You know? Yeah. Um, you know, so I, in, in my head, I'm thinking like I, in the, in this middle kind of spot, like, I think I have a couple of essays in me, you know, um, before I do another full length. Cause this is, making a record like this is exhausting, <laughs> like mentally. Yeah, it's a trip. And it is a trip. It's like life pauses while you're doing it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I, it was hard for me to, because in the middle of it, I was still traveling and, you know, like I'm having, I'm either doing a concert or a conference or something like that. And so if I'm doing like a concert, I'm playing all my new old stuff because, you know, nobody's heard the new stuff. So I'm playing all the old stuff and the new stuff is not ready, like literally not ready. We don't know how to do it live and we don't, you know, so... I'm either doing old stuff, which I'm just like not into, or I'm doing worship, which, you know, like I'm having to learn new songs or whatever that aren't mine. And and that's all good and well, like, you know, as someone who's like kind of in both of those things, like it's fine, but it is, it's like, I, I, so I couldn't really focus on anything but making this record. And, uh, and especially because how I made records in the past was I wrote a, I wrote a bunch of songs, got a producer and said, here's my songs. And he's like, okay, this is what it should sound like. And this was the first time where it's truly like more of a co-producing thing where I literally demoed all the songs full out as much as I could with his, uh, you know, with, you know, just using logic at home and just fleshing out all the stuff and all the sounds. And there's a lot of stuff on the, on the record, which are just straight up from the demo. Some, you know, synth sounds and piano oh, sounds, really? which were just, yeah, we just kept from the demo and, uh, you know, a couple of vocals, you know, a couple of vocal things that we just kept from the demo, you know. Um, so this is not a knock on the people that I've worked with in the past because it's um, I, I'm still very proud of the things I did. I think just stepping out and in, in, in just stepping out and doing and showing the world your art is something that is to be commended. And, uh, and the people who help you along the way. You know, I've had some really, you know, awesome people. My first record was with um, Robbie C, who's a great musician and songwriter um, out of Houston. And then um, my second record with um, Paul Mayberry, who's a freaking unbelievable producer. And, you know, he's like just killing it. Like, I'm so proud of those things. This was a record for me, which was like, I was fearful because I wasn't, I was not super reliant on, on a, producer you know like i didn't just do an acoustic thing and then just hand it off right you know i sat and i fleshed these things out as much as i could 
and then got together with Chase and um, he let my voice be heard, you know? Is, is he the guy that on several tracks you can he- you're having a conversation with? Kind of in the background. No. Okay. So, um, there, no. So the, um, the guy that I'm having a conversation with, his name is Devante. He actually played drums for me for a year. Okay. And uh, he's in Nashville now and he's not traveling with me anymore. Um, and uh, he's at, and uh, he, yeah, he's he's just a friend, and I, I just like I wanted him to come and hang, and that was kind of the idea. Like, just a lot of people were in and out, and if you were around, you were just kind of on the record in some way, somehow. Um, you know, another friend of mine, um, his name is Dom Qualia. His wife is oh yeah Sarah Kroger yeah, yeah. Qualia, yeah. And uh, at the end of uh, shine the title track he me and him are having a conversation he's on that you know he was just in the studio and i just i had these ideas in my head and i'm like well whoever comes through and i would just like send out texts like hey are you around and um and so the and even the whole the end of the record you know i kind of wanted to have that feel so the record ends with um the record ends as the last track is hold on and the record ends with um just this like um it sounds like a, just a bunch of people in a room, which is exactly what it is. Just yeah. a bunch of people. And I just said, Hey, let's just hang and just go in the, in the studio. And, um, you know, that's kind of what it felt like, you know, like the whole process felt like that. Like it was this kind of beautiful community effort or just felt propped up by my community, I guess, by my friends who just kind of came through and just hung out. And that was, um, very intentional. Um, for me and you know it's like a lot of the hip-hop records that i listened to when i was younger you know like skits are such a huge part of a hip-hop record yeah yeah and so i'm like i'm not a rapper but i want to make a hip-hop record but i'm not a rapper so let's try to get as close as possible right right <laughs> so those like little interludes are definitely a nod to um my love for hip-hop and especially 90s hip-hop and yeah, yeah. well they're great man like they they keep you engaged yeah. Even when it feels like the the main part of the song has ended. Mm-hmm. And it's also, it's it's cool how, and maybe this was intentional, where you do have to, you really have to work to kind of hear the conversation because it's not, mm-hmm. it's unlike the vocals, you know, it's not really rising above the rest of the music. Yeah. And yeah. I appreci- I really appreciate that because it, it makes you kind of lean in a little bit mm-hmm. physically, which mm-hmm. All, mm-hmm. as if that's actually going to help you hear it better, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It would if you were in the same room, but it has that, ef- it has that effect. Like it's, it's engaging the whole body in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't hop on, you know, we didn't hop on mics in a vocal booth and like, okay, let's have this contrived conversation. Literally it was just chase is so great. Cause I told him that concept and, and, um, you know, I, I figured out by the end, what you, what you have is one long conversation chopped into several, you know, several bits. But uh, the control room has a has um, a mic, obviously, for you can talk in. So he just used that, and so it just it was as we were as we were talking, you know, he's recording. I honestly had no idea. So you know, even some of the com- like Devante, like I'm just like, dude, just be you, and I'm you know like. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna censor you, you know? And he, you know, so he, he was just himself, you know? And, and I wanted his conversation to, to be about now his, his now fiance, which is a cool thing. I'm like, Hey dude, you better um, marry this girl. Cause this whole <laughs> yeah. ongoing conversation is about you and this girl that you're all about. And, you know, I was just, I wanted, uh, 
I wanted that to be kind of like an underlying theme theme of of love, you know, like I just I don't I don't know, like love is great. Love is good. I love love. And um, but I just wanted to be just kind of this like normal, natural conversation. So that's good. It was very intentional. I didn't want, you know, Chase, like, do you want it to get like mics in here? I'm like, no, I want it. To, I want it to be like you're eavesdropping. Yeah, <laughs> like you're sure. like peeking around the corner like what are you guys talking about you know so it, it kind of feels like that like I, I i think i wondered at one point listening to it you know did, the, did these people know they were being recorded or did he just kind of no. turn on his phone i mean for a good part i mean honestly for the whole kind of Devante <laughs> stuff he didn't really know you know like you know that's illegal I know, yeah, I know. It's very illegal. It's very illegal. I mean, he knew eventually, but he thought we were just having a pre-conversation before the actual conversation. Right. You know, so like, you know, we're in the room and he's just like, yeah, da 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 da, and then like, I mean, the stuff that cut that gets cut out is like, hey, uh, are we gonna start? And Chase is like, we we've been starting. We started. <laughs> you know, he's like, oh, okay. So uh, yeah, it was it was it was it was like one of those cool things. And I, and even for a couple, sometimes I didn't even know. I, I picked up. I picked it up, you know, after a while, like, oh, I know he's recording now, but sure, I would just kind of let him go, you know, and it was great. But that was actually just one whole, it was, I think it was like two chunk conversations, you know, like okay. talk and then he would come. Yeah. So, yeah. And that's, that was, it was very intentional to, um, I remember when I was recording with Robbie, um, he produced my record he's like, yeah, you just don't want, you don't want to have moments, you know, like. He would always talk about moments in the record, like you, you should have moments, and I'm like, oh, that's that's always kind of stuck with me, you know. Like, um, I think everyone that I've worked with, you know, even with Paul, you know, especially, you know, like Paul was like, he was all about like referencing things. So you know, he's like, he would like reference like you know the miseducation Lauren Hill or whatever, you know, like for this, you know, like this is what we wanted to sound like. So all, taking like little bits and pieces from all these amazing you know people that I've worked with. And um, and then um, put on my big boy pants and said, "Okay, now it's time for me to step out a little bit." And and Chase was great because he was he was pretty hands off, you know, like he wasn't, um, you know, he had amazing ideas and he was obviously the engineer and all that stuff, but he didn't he didn't micromanage, you know. And and when I said I have an idea, he was like, "Great, let's make it happen," yeah, you know. Sure. Um, and that's a really really cool process. I, we had two chunks of recording and the first part you know like we're, we start to dive in and you know we're just getting drums bass rhythm stuff um there's not really a whole lot of natural bass but you know like synth bass and all right. that stuff and um and we had um this drummer graham who's great and he just hung out with us for the you know the week and a half that we were recording and so that first chunk was done it was such a it was so amazing for me and uh so we're um i'm about to leave you know to head to the airport to head back t to phoenix and uh um we're trying to f we're figuring out the next time the next chunk of time we were gonna we can record because also this time i was engaged and getting ready to be married in a few months so there's a lot of moving parts happening but i was um you know we're I'm talking to Chase, trying to schedule the next time and i just started crying i was like dude i just want to thank you for like letting me do this, like letting me, letting my voice be heard. And this might be a mess, but it's going to be my mess. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. you know, like, and I'm going to own it, you know? And, uh, it was an awkward moment for us. Cause as you know, guys crying in front of each other gets awkward, but I'm not ashamed. I, I, I cry all the time. You know, um, it's only awkward if you make it awkward. 
True that. True that. And you know what? Honestly, I didn't even care. It was it was awesome, and it was such a it was seriously a beautiful thing for me. And uh, you just feel more. A little, I mean, I, for me, I gained a lot more confidence in myself as a songwriter, as an artist, as a you know, um, even as a as a you know someone who can produce songs and you know have good ideas. You know that was yeah. Well, man, I, I feel like I could go on talking about this, but we're we're approaching two hours. So. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> this, this is the longest one yet. No. Nice. Uh, so, I may, I may actually, oh man, I may split it up into two episodes and have you know the episode where the song kind of bookends the conversation. Um, yeah, yeah. Be the main one, right. and then the kind of funnier or production stuff, maybe just be a separate just kind of upload them both at the at the same time um yeah 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 that may be the route i'll go but uh yeah man how do you feel i feel great i feel great man yeah I, i'm you know it's funny as i'm you're not the only podcast person that says like wow this is really long we might have to split this up <laughs> like my wife would just say like well because you talk too much <laughs> <laughs> 